Hello, World Walkers. Yes, I'm talking to you. Welcome to World Talkers, an Evermore fan podcast. Lend us your ear, learn something new, and develop a mutual obsession. Goblins, dragons, charismatic executioners, and more await as we unravel the secrets that lay beyond the portal of Evermore. Welcome to World Talkers, an unofficial Evermore fan cast. Uh, I am Daniel, your dashing deviant and host for today's episode. We're going to be talking about what to expect when you step through the doors of Evermore, and even what to expect beforehand. And as we go along, let's introduce the rest of our hosts for the episode today, uh, starting here on my right. How's it going? I am Skylar, your sexy centaur. Hey guys, I'm Chandler, your charming Charmander. I'm Wyatt? Are we doing alliteration now? <laughs> It's a thing. <laughs> we talked about it behind your back and oh, we wanted God. to... No, I feel terrible. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. This, the, 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 these things happen. And as we're going along, we wanted to start things off a little bit differently today. We've talked about interactions with our listeners and some of you have written in and we wanted to showcase some of your comments. Uh, so Wyatt and Chandler, take it away. Yeah, so first of all, thank you so much for writing in. We have a, a couple ones that we are going to read today. Uh, we have, first and foremost, Brie Lynn, who is an actor there at Evermore. She says, hey, I have been listening to the podcast and I love the episode so far. They're so great and I've been missing everything from Evermore. So it has been really great to have the little slice of it while I am not working. Thank you. Thank you, Breland. This one comes in from Jessica. She says, I'll share something good and a frustration. Frustration first. When I went to Lore, my friend and I got told to go to the tavern and you'll get a quest to do. It was really vague and not helpful in terms of where to go or what to do or who to talk to. But that was before I figured out how to play it evermore. My favorite experience from Lore was my friend and I were going into the mausoleum. We got a black stone from there, and we were about to head out the exit when we saw something or someone. It was dark, and I couldn't make out their face, but they were pale and shambling, and I was certain the front of their head was worse than the back. My friend and I looked at each other and just noped the other way where the jump scares weren't going to happen. That moment was just so visceral and great that we'd still talk about it. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you very much. And also the frustrating bit, there is going to be a great transition where we're talking about. Before we get into that, we just wanted to do one more little shout out. And that's to a regular listener, someone who regularly writes in. It's a friend of ours named Nick, uh, at least a friend of the show, uh, as he's been talking to us regularly. What he's had to share has been great. Always giving great feedback and commentary. Very supportive. Thank you very much, Nick. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you, you everyone. So let's get right into it. Going off of this idea of what to expect uh, from Evermore beforehand, while you're there, and so on. I think Jessica actually brought up a really great point. She said, I don't know how to play at Evermore. And that's that's kind of the goal that I would like to accomplish today is how do you Evermore and what does it look like? Where do you go? Starting from the beginning, how do you even get tickets? You can get those tickets at two different places. You can buy them online at evermore.com. There's a link on their website that you can find. 
Or you can just show up day of or the night before and you can buy tickets at their ticket booth that they have at the front gate. Now, the great thing about Evermore Park is once you've bought your tickets and you've arrived at the specific time that they've asked you to be there, you can either go in at that specific time or go in later. There's no fear of, of missing out on a key item or key thing as the park is just continual. And then you can leave the park if you need to go to dinner or something and then come back to the park. It's very much an open door policy once you go in for the first time. Also, an important note is that because Evermore is set up into different seasons, tickets are only on sale during the season. And they'll announce that on their website and on their social media when those will be available to buy and when you can get in. Yeah, there have been a lot of concerned patrons asking about, has, has Evermore closed? What's going on? Because they, they are expecting it to be this year-long thing, but it is still very much a seasonal treat for us to enjoy. Uh, maybe one day it will be a year-round experience, but for now it is the seasonal uh, park that it is right now. And with that, the tickets actually vary in price. We've seen a couple different variations depending on the, the season there. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't necessarily have a, a price to give you as it does vary with the season and time of year so they're also typically running some pretty good promotions so that can change the price of it as well uh from what i've seen from the previous seasons the tickets will start off a little bit higher at the beginning of the season and then kind of dip down as it goes a little bit into the middle and the end there it was around about 25 dollars a person for these past just kind of on average right yeah i'd say average that's mm -hmm. that's about right and with this previous season of Aurora that just wrapped up, they offered an additional uh, service with the ticket where you could sort of bulk buy an additional activity, which was ice skating for Aurora. So you could, it's possible that in the future we'll see that there are various types of tickets that you can get, ones that include different activities uh, while others don't. But again, that's something that is still up in the air as Evermore is growing and developing and changing and all of this wonderful stuff. I'm still really, really hoping for some sort of season pass or like a pack of tickets where I can buy 10 tickets for a reduced price to use at a later date. But I would also just really like a season pass so that I could go there basically every day. As of yet, they don't have that, <laughs> but we'll keep on hoping. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that has been a rumor that for quite some time, that's been a rumor that it is coming and we do hope that they get on that because we really would love that. Uh, so now what, guys? I'm, I've got my tickets. I can come to Pleasant Grove, Utah, where it is. What else do I do? Where, what happens when I'm there? So you, you show up. You show up whenever you want within the time frame that the park is open. You can enter and leave whenever you want, kind of like Wyatt was saying. When you get there, there's ample parking that is pretty expansive as there is not just the one lot that's there, but there are other ones that are very close by that are open parking. So it's not really a concern that you have to worry about there. And if it ever does get popular enough, they do have a lot, a, a larger parking lot that is coming as well. That is true. That is very true. Um, and then when you get there, it's a pretty standard procedure of going to a theme park. You walk up, there's a line, there's a bag check. For those of you who are going to be carrying weapons, they may look at those as well just to make sure that you won't be attacking anybody. It's just the sort of typical thing that they do. Basic safety check before everybody enters the park. 
And the basic rule of thumb for that is convention rules. So no metal weapons, usually foam or plastic so that you can't even accidentally hurt someone. Exactly. Also, no masks. No masks allowed in the park. Very true. They want to make sure that they can see your beautiful faces. And also, any of you deviants out there, they want to make sure you can't get away with your shenanigans. <laughs> I, I have seen people in the park with, with makeup and elf ears and ram's horns, though. So there there is some leeway to fully embody the, the character or person that you want to be within the park. Yes, and, and people do wear, like, eye patches. It's just that you need to be easily identifiable. The vast majority of your face needs to be visible. Exactly. The official ruling is that cosplay weapons and masks must be approved by security. Right. Uh, so just make sure that you're playing safe, that you are not uh, carrying anything that could be dangerous to anyone, or you will be asked to leave that in your car. As of yet, I haven't seen any rules on dueling in the park, so I think they're trying to cut back on that for now. <laughs> my my heart would leap out of my chest if I saw people dueling. I want it to happen. Listeners, please make it happen. <laughs> I never even thought about it until now. It would be it would be cool. My my secret hope one day is to have jousting in the park. Oh yeah. Growing up, there was a uh, medieval times type of a deal that was like, but not the restaurant, but like just a Renaissance fair, I should say. That was set up. Beautiful jousting they did with all of the traditional gear. That has been ingrained in my mind as something that I kind of expect at parks like these for whatever reason. I don't know. I want to see people hitting each other with sticks on horses because that's fun. But maybe one day I've gone off on a tangent. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, Daniel, if you need a horse, I'm there. I'm your horse, man. Piggyback ride into Triumph. I will... People jousting. People, people jousting. People jousting. I will ride Wyatt triumphantly. <laughs> <laughs> On an entirely different note, <laughs> as that was just Dan's uh, wishes and desires, there is no jousting yet. No jousting yet. Please do it. If you are listening, make it happen. You have the power. But yeah, so, so just a... Regular bag check lines, they actually make sure that you are okay with having your picture taken and mm -hmm. used in whatever situation that they need. So they actually have you fill out a waiver form that you need to sign there to give them those rights and to make sure that the park is protected in case anything were to happen. Uh, just a note, there is no outside food or alcohol, especially in the park is a clean park as of right now. They do plan, I believe, as far as we've been able to hear that there is going to be alcohol in the park. There has been at previous times alcohol in the park, in the VIP section specifically at their New Year's Eve party, and that they plan on installing a bar and a restaurant and that will have alcohol in it, at least from what we've heard. I imagine huge steins with the stoppers, you know. The tankards as well. The tankards with the, the steins, yeah. Absolutely. Oh man, that'd be rad. Perfect. So now you have signed permission for Evermore to use your photo if they need to, You've gotten your bag checked, your weapons checked, if you have chosen to dress up. Now you are you walk through the gates. You are greeted by a wonderful staff member. Usually it is our friend Mickey, who we love, and she greets us at the door there into the town of Evermore. And as you're walking through, your ticket is typically a digital ticket. 
Mm -hmm. I think the vast majority of people get it online. And so it's just a QR code that they're able to scan and you go in pretty quick. If you buy it at the gate, they give you a piece of paper or receipt that has that QR code on it. And sometimes they also have other handouts for fun tidbits and quests as you're walking into Town Square. Uh, I think in Aurora they had a, a booklet or a piece of paper that had specific itemized things that you could do or accomplish while you were within the park at that time. Yes, the Evermore Passport and the Ciphers. That's it. Exactly so. And so once you've spoken with whoever your gatekeeper is, this person scanning your ticket, you walk into the town square, there is a world of opportunity before you. Typically, what you would end up doing as you walk in, you just see these townsfolk that are around. You just can go right up and talk to them. And normally they'll come to you, especially if you look new, and they'll say, hey, is this your first time in Evermore? And they'll kind of get the ball started with you. They will they might hand you a little questing paper that you can do. So when, when you first step through, it is okay if you feel a little bit lost, if it's your first time. People will come and rescue you, and that's nice. So we have all these people that are dressing in character, and then the characters are obviously dressed up for the time. So how are we able to identify who the actual park employee characters are? A superb question. The simple identifier that Evermore has decided to come up with, they have an Evermore sort of crest coin that a lot of the characters are wearing around the necks. And then in addition to that, they have another thing. Check out our Instagram for the picture of the Evermore coin. We have a great picture of one on our Instagram, at World Talkers. Very good. You'll see the coin there. That other thing is just a little like light crystal. So it will cause that little coin to glow, especially when it gets darker. So it's easier to pick out the characters from the other patrons of the park. And I do think that the patrons of the park, people who are dressing up to have this experience, are very generous and kind people and will let you know that they are not indeed actors of the park. Because one of the rules that you will find on that waiver and also on a sign is that you are not allowed to impersonate a employee of the park. Doing so will get you kicked out of the park. And it's actually a federal offense now, similar to impersonating a doctor, a CIA agent, or a police officer. If you impersonate an Evermore actor, uh, you're going to do hard time. Oh, That's wow. a, <laughs> I, I thought you were serious. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, 25 years, just brand new Billy. You guys didn't hear about it? Yeah. I, 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 I did. Interesting. I, I thought you were serious that like, uh, hey, don't impersonate someone else from <laughs> Another also, identity theft is a, is a serious issue. It's not a joke, Jim. <laughs> but Evermore Park does encourage dressing up and cosplaying or coming in costume. This is to immerse your experience even further. And we've kind of mentioned that a little bit before. You can really dress up as whatever you would like. You can come in steampunk. You can come in Dickensian. and you could be a sci-fi character if you wanted because the story facilitates it in such a way that there's these portals coming to Evermore that you could play your character and say, oh, I'm from the future. I went through like Stargate. I don't know. Uh, one of my favorite families that I've seen at Evermore was all of them were dressed up as an individual Lord of the Rings character. Uh, and all together as a family, they were dressed up, and I, I absolutely loved that. They looked amazing. So, And it's really fun to see how the characters will interact with you differently based on the type of stuff you choose to bring into the park with you. For example, there was a young girl who is interacting with the dragon trainers, 
And she had made a little dragon puppet that she was able to just wear on one hand, sort of like fit like a glove. And she was able to control the dragon on her finger. It was really, really cool. And her interactions with the dragon trainers became a really interesting thing to just watch as they were playing off of the stuff that she brought into the park, her costume and her character became, um, felt even more important, I should say, to who these characters were. And it was, I, I, I absolutely loved it. So if you want to dress up, dress up, but you certainly don't have to. And that's the beautiful thing about Evermore is, like Skylar was saying, there is a built-in story for regular people. If you don't dress up in steampunk, in whatever, you don't feel limited in what you can do and what you contribute to the story. Because you are a world walker, you're a traveler between worlds, specifically this current world and the world of Evermore. And your impact in the story is just as big or small as the other people who do dress up, which is awesome to me. Yeah, and you can just dress up to just dress up, or you can dress up to play a character. You can really do any of these myriad of options. It's truly up to you, and you can come in normal clothes, and you won't feel out of place. Mm-hmm. I, for one, I'm not a huge fan of cosplaying, uh, so I just go as myself. I am Chandler, and I introduce myself as such, and that's just something that I'm comfortable with. Not everyone wants to do that. Some people would like to take it a step further, and I love that what you said, Skylar, there, that you really aren't going to lose out on any of the magic if you don't uh, dress up there. And what cool costumes people have and characters. I love it. It's my favorite. It's just like going to Comic-Con where you see people and people watching is the thing to do because they're dressed so intricately and so fascinatingly. It's, It's beautiful and I love it. And I've seen a lot of skill go into the different costumes and pieces that that people have created and definitely makes me wish I had that talent. I don't personally, and that is one reason why I'm not a huge fan of it. But yeah, definitely. I'm curating a costume right now, a cosplay as it were, to go and experience in the park. I'm not super talented at at sewing or doing anything, but I just buy stuff on Amazon uh, mm-hmm. so if you're, if you're looking for ideas, go ahead and check out places like that, or even just Google like Renaissance clothing and you should find some cool stuff that you could buy if you don't feel like you can make anything. Yeah. Check out Etsy. Etsy is great. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, there, there are all sorts of resources for your costume makers and your cosplayers out there. The merch that's available at Evermore can help build that costume. They, they have fine leather goods. That you can purchase and complement your style. They have satchels and journals and book bags and pouches that you can use on your person to kind of give that extra flair of Evermore and maybe even complement whatever style you're currently going for. Absolutely. If you're if you're playing a character that's that you're trying to flesh out with a real sort of experience, it would be fun in my mind to say, hey, my character has been to Evermore. Why wouldn't they have a a bag from Evermore to sort of say, look at my well-traveled character. I think that's really fun. And with that in mind, with this spectacle of the costumes and whatnot, there's still more to be seen. There's more merch, there's more shows, and there's more food. So let's get into talking a little bit about that. So first off, when when you walk into Evermore, like we said, you are in Town Square, right? And they have two shops set up right there that sell food. Uh, They have one that's kind of more savory foods, and then the the other shop is kind of more sweet things. Um, Oh my goodness, that 
the that food is delicious uh, made by master chefs who have years and years of experience their menu is definitely one that you want to check out their, their food is amazing and it has rotated even at least in the past two seasons i don't know if it'll become more like stabilized with more recognizable dishes or foods but typically it has like this rotating food schedule, different menus for each week that you're going. And sometimes even by the day, the foods change on what you're going to be able to eat there. And it's, as you said, Chandler, very delicious. It's also a really interesting and spectacular way that they display the food. They have ever more chocolate crests that they put on some of their cupcakes. And it's always presented very well. I wholeheartedly agree. And building off of that, the experience of Evermore doesn't stop when you're talking to the vendors. They are often in their own sort of character. They may be using an accent or something, and they're just as fun to interact with as any other character in the park. They might ask you for a song or a joke or something, and they may have stuff to give you as well on top of the foods that they're offering you, they may have fun little doodads and jewels and coins that they could hand out for you as rewards for your willingness to give back to the park in some fun way to entertain them during their evening. And if you don't even get a jewel or some coins or any other doodads, I'm going to say that a strawberry champagne cupcake ain't no skin off my nose. That John was delicious. That magic bark, also right there, amazing. Mm -hmm. They also have super good meat pies that change by flavor. And I, I just liked them all. They were all really good. I don't have a specific favorite for those. Just get a meat pie. Get an Evermore meat pie. Do it right now. They recently actually posted on their social media about the meat pies. And people were like, you are taunting us, Evermore. <laughs> you true. know we want them. They're very good. But here's my question. Say I'm, I'm coming to Evermore, I have my family in tow. Is this substantial food that I can eat and, and enjoy? Is it filling? Uh, tell me a little bit more about that. Should I prepare before and get some food before and then go? Or what do I, what do, I do there? That is a really fair question. My experience has been this, at least when I've been going with you guys. Typically what we end up doing is we'll get some food before we go. We'll go to the park. We'll be there for a few hours. We'll get some food about halfway through to sort of tie us through for the rest of the evening because we end up staying there for what feels like five hours or so. Mm -hmm. uh, so you kind of need a little snack. Uh, I would say that the, the food is, in my personal opinion, more of a snack for me because I don't know. I have a vast stomach that is able <laughs> to devour many a thing before it feels full. He's, but a, for, <laughs> he's a healthy boy. I'm a, I'm a healthy little chunky boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, for a kid, for your average person that doesn't eat lots of food, it's probably perfectly suitable for a quick meal meal while you're in the park. So I would say if you don't eat before you head in, you should be fine. Along with the foods, if you have special dietary restrictions, they're not 100% accommodating for that. They do try to be as accommodating as possible. Sometimes they have gluten-free options and vegetarian options. However, because of the nature of how it's been, I don't know how that might change for Mythos, but how it's been is that because of that rotating schedule of food, you can't really pin down 
um, what foods you're going to be able to eat that fit those dietary restrictions. So if you have those, uh, unfortunately at this time it may be a better idea to eat outside of the park before you come in, like right before you come in. The, the way that I see Evermore food is kind of the way that I see Disneyland food. Like there are vendors that sell unique and awesome items at Disneyland, but if you want something more substantial, you have to go to one of the restaurants inside of Disneyland or go outside of the park. And unfortunately, Evermore doesn't have a restaurant within their park. At least Not yet. yet. But I would say if you're looking for something a little more substantial, maybe out of the park is your is your safer bet. And just quickly going off of the dietary restriction, dietary accommodations thing... Evermore is pretty good about getting in contact with their patrons. If you write in to like the Evermore ticketing folks, you might be able to swing uh, a general idea of what's going to be on the menu. It's possible. I haven't had any experience with that, but my experience with just working with the park in general, I would say that they would likely be able to get you some information on what you could expect that evening if you write them during that day or beforehand. Typically, I would recommend 24 hours beforehand, if not if not a little bit more. Right. Give them time to get back to you and for you to prepare. So along with the food and the merch, these are things that I can spend money on. What about shows? Do they have shows at Evermore? And do I have to pay money for that? The shows. Uh, the shows. With the shows, as of right now, they do just as a lot of... I mean, the whole thing is a show. But they do a lot of little things where it's just open-air entertainment. During lore season, they had... What would they What would they be called? Fire jugglers? Fi, what, what, fire what, what, dancers. Fire, fire dancers. Fire dancers. They had fire dancers that were there during Aurora. They had carolers walking throughout the park that you could perform with. And it was all an open show. It was included in the price of the ticket. No extra cost. They also had a band during lore that yes, would they play. Did. That was really fun to see. I think the main staple or show that they have currently is their aviary. During lore, it was a, li- a bit more open-ended, a bit more free-range. You could just walk in and talk to the handlers about their awesome animals that they have in there. During Aurora, however, they turned it into more of an animal and reptile show, so you could see those things if you're wanting to sit down and watch that. Typically, is about an hour long if you wanted to, if you want to watch that. They, they have regularly scheduled shows that you go to. There's a sign out front saying, hey, we start at this time. You go into that building. You sit down. In the cold weather, it was great because it was a place to get out of the cold. Uh, you got to see these wonderful birds and reptiles and uh, different live creatures that the handlers knew a lot about. And to my knowledge, it doesn't appear that the lizards are related to the dragons. That is an unconfirmed thing as of yet. Maybe in Mythos, we'll find out more if the lizards at Evermore are actually little baby dragons. And this is all outside of the grand show of Evermore. Yes. Mm -hmm. The interaction with the characters and the stories that can be had there. Because the whole Evermore experience is an interactive story performance. They do have these side side performances that we were talking about. Yes, right. correct. And then for specific seasons, for lore, you had the archery and hatchet throwing. As, uh, as which was activities, yeah. Which was a free activity that you could go do. They also had like a, a beanbag toss for lore. Um, for Aurora, they didn't have that. They had the ice skating, which I think was a option that you could buy and purchase with. Which was a great addition, I loved the hatchet and the, the archery range. 
would love to see that come back. Uh, but definitely those are great options for you if you are not as comfortable just talking with people, if you want to kind of get away for a minute, try some new things. Most of those were included in the price, excluding the ice skating. Ice skating. That was, you had to pay a little bit extra for that. And that was basically just for the skate rental and, and stuff like that. If there's any additional things that'll cost, they will mention that when you are buying tickets either at the window or on their website. Um, so they give you those options readily available. They're nice and upfront. They are. They are very nice and upfront about what is in the park. There's also some characters too with these games and things that you can go along with that sometimes will play games uh, such as Seftis. As we've learned in our past story, Seftis will gamble with you if you have Evermorian gold or if you go to Jardani or one of the fortune tellers, they have uh, tarot card readings for you that you can experience as well. And those are completely individualistic experiences there. They will pull you aside. Uh, maybe you will just sit at the table with you. Maybe if you are bringing a person or two, but it's just you. It's not a it's not a card reading for everybody, and it's not generic. It is very much a shared moment between you and the character. And this is what we were geeking out about in our very first episode, was the idea of an exclusive relationship with someone when they're sharing an experience with you, uh, such as fortune-telling, or gambling it wasn't like come one come all we'll have a massive crowd of 50 while i do this thing it's like no wait your turn we're gonna do five at a time and which, it was exclusive which i don't know about you but i do not want my fortune told publicly okay i i don't want that all the the sadness the the what's, sad future what's see, what secrets you hiding man Yo, oh, uh, you okay bro jardani told me some dark things about me sorry guys your ointment is going to run out tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> you will be in the bathroom and you will no longer have toilet paper oh, oh. No. <laughs> uh, and i i guess just kind of going off of uh, what we were just saying if you if you did want to have a slightly more group integrated experience while you're at the park there are also some things for that as well for example the dwarves in the burrows you can go in and go sing songs with them and they they love having big groups singing and dancing with them they'll get in and dance with you it's super duper fun and They'll do spoofs on the songs where they'll change the lyrics and somehow include dwarves in it. Like, a sweet child of mine became sweet dwarf of mine. And it was, it was just really fun to see how it was in, in that instance where it wasn't just a one-on-one -on -one thing, but literally 20, 30, 40 people could be in one room singing together. And it, it really brought, in my mind, like the idea of just old fun at a tavern or just with a whole bunch of friends where you're just getting together, you're singing, you're hanging out. It's a good time. And that also there's, there's some shared experiences that can be had at a tableau when characters are meeting up together and performing a side show of sorts. It's, it's within the grander scheme of Evermore, but it is a show in the fact that you can just go and watch and not really have to participate if uh, an exclusive one-on-one -on -one thing is really not your deal. Yeah, because the as I've mentioned before in previous episodes, I'm pretty introverted. And so when I went by myself and tried to talk to characters, I did not have a good time. 
because I'm not super good at talking to people one-on-one, which is why I'm super glad to have all of you guys. Thank you for being my human buffer, especially oh. against Seftus. He's <laughs> <laughs> terrifying. Anytime. I will, I, will, I will spend my entire evening with Seftus if need be. He's too much fun. He's too yeah. much fun. But there is much to be had, just like you said, Wyatt, to just go and watch and observe and kind of eavesdrop if you want to be a little roguish and, and pick up on the secrets that other people are getting. You might have to, you have to play that carefully though, because if they catch you, they'll wait and make you go somewhere else or they'll go somewhere else so you don't hear those juicy secrets. And if none of this is your bag, if if nothing we've said really tickles your fancy, there is some good old fashioned board games that are in the tavern. Chess, checkers, uh, there's a little bit more I'm not 100% sure, but I sat down with Badger and I played checkers. It was great. I loved that. It's pretty personable. They they also have like coloring pages for the kids that you can find at places like Mm -hmm. down in the burrows or in the tavern and their characters typically. I really like them. As I've said before, I've collected all of, not all of them, I'm actually missing one. I'm a little little upset about it yeah but they're like character specific coloring pages that you can have and typically they're really fun to give to the character too they like to see how you've portrayed them and so- soon enough there's gonna be a fun little choo-choo train <gasps> yeah choo-choo train choo-choo train Evermore to do train, going for the park. It's going to be really cool. I think, especially for families who are coming with young kids, that's going to be an absolute must-do. I think it's going to be really, really fun. It'll be going around the entire park from what their sort of schematics have been, like the plans that we've heard about. But we still don't really know when that's going to be coming yet, but we're hoping that it's soon. And I'm excited to ride on that train because I'm going to be just as giddy as a freaking three-year-old kid. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm really hoping that that's there during Mythos and that we can ride on that and shout while we're on it. Yell at all the people that we pass by. <laughs> Peasants! <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, plebeians. I am in my train. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So as we have told you how to buy tickets, uh, where to arrive at the park, what to expect when you're walking in, and the things that you can do... Other than the main story. Other than the main story, of course. What else is there, guys? What what other activities can we do? Well, one thing that you can do are quests. Now, we kind of mentioned this and talked about this, but quests are essentially favors. You can approach a character and strike up a conversation and then go on a quest or favor for a particular hat, you know? You can the the hat experience. My, 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 my hat experience. The, the hat experience. I had to go hat. figure out if it was a top hat or a bowler hat. It was a top hat. It was a top hat. It was a top hat. And we know it was a top hat. But the the whole idea is. We got we got we got called out by one of the people who said it's a bowler hat. Uh, we had to we have to defend ourselves. It was a top hat, Gudrun, and you know it. We are standing our ground, Gudrun. <laughs> Get in line. You're a historian. You need to figure that stuff out. Know the hats. Guys, Gudrun's amazing. Don't be rude to her. No, I love Gudrun. I, I absolutely love Gudrun. I'm just showing her some tough love. I see, I see, I see. So, find your own thing to do. Go find a, find a favor that you can perform for someone. If they say something in their words, like, I'm feeling a little discouraged, ask them, what can I do to help? Uh, is there a is there a talisman that I can go pick up and bless and then give to you? That was something that we just 
totally stumbled upon. And that was awesome. And these quests almost undoubtedly will require a lot of walking. So please wear appropriate shoes. I mean, you're welcome to wear whatever shoes that you would like, but take into account that you will be walking for the large majority of your experience here at Evermore. There's lots of places to sit down if you need a rest, or if it's cold and you need to sit by a fire, but please wear proper shoes. At least that's what I do. <laughs> if it's cold, wear a jacket. Yes, it is an outdoor venue. They may have fire and fire pits that you can sit by, but it is freezing here in Utah. And it will get very, very hot in the summer, yes. depending on when this takes place. Even at night, it can sometimes be 90 to 100 degrees here. So, at times, not at, always. At times. Oh, don't give me that face. Utah's hot. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's, also, it's, also, it's also really cold. It's yeah. the most bipolar state I've ever been to. Yeah, it's very strange. So, wear sunscreen. If it's hot, wear a jacket if it's cold. And if it's neither, just smile and know that you're in the happiest place. Mm. For nerds. For, yeah. for D&D nerds. Yes. And and other nerds. You don't have to like D&D to enjoy Evermore, obviously. Yes. Obviously. So why you mentioned getting quests. In my opinion, this is kind of the main thing that you do here. Uh, but like we said, you will be walking around. You can see all the amazing architecture that they have built into this town uh, there are authentic pieces to go and learn about. The really amazing thing is that the staff, the team that brought together Evermore, they actually went to Europe, purchased many authentic pieces from an old graveyard, a church, you know, a bunch of authentic pieces that have been around for some hundred years or whatnot and are real, and they definitely add to that a feeling of having a real village. One of these really cool pieces is up by the mausoleum in the graveyard with authentic gravestones. They also have Apollonia, the patron saint of dentistry. So it's really cool to go see the kind of history that's there. And it is rumored or told in secret that if you do not leave her a token of appreciation when you visit her, that you will have bad dentist issues. I don't know what to call those. Bad teeth experience? <laughs> uh, basic, no. Basically, uh, you're going to become England. <laughs> oh, that's... I'm just kidding. We do have some new UK listeners that we just, we, we just wanted to rib you, let you know you're out there, and we love you. We're sure your teeth are great. Just make sure that you leave something there, you know, a little, uh, little, little treat for her. Another great piece that you need to see while you're at Evermore is the statue of St. Michael. Gorgeous, beautiful, it's, it's magnificent, the, they have featured lighting on it. It's just, it's very impressive. It's very, very beautiful. And that was a custom piece made for Evermore. So that's not one of the historical artifacts, but it's definitely an amazing architectural feat to see. And if, correct me if I'm wrong, it is St. Michael casting out the devil? Or like a, a fighting a demon? a demon while being clawed at by a bunch of other little demony dudes. It's it, pretty epic. The the biblical story, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a powerful little piece to see the the musculature, the whole thing. Highly recommend it. Evermore is both a cultural experience and one of much art appreciation. I I, I can't emphasize enough how many things there are to do at Evermore beyond the scope of just. Oh, you get to talk to some characters. There's way more to it than just that. 
Yeah, they even have gardens that are intricate, and I don't really know much about herbs and gardens and stuff like that, but for those that do, I've heard on, like, the Facebook chats that it's really interesting to go and see what they've planted and the way that they've made their gardens and their trees and their flowers. And all all of you media moguls, all of you Instagram socialites, will come to appreciate the beauty once your Instagram goes up 500 followers. Yeah, just talking from personal experience, you know. <laughs> got a picture in front of St. Michael, courtesy of Daniel. And uh, my muscles were rippling just along St. Michael. <laughs> Come on, guys. Like, it, was... <laughs> it, it, was, it was real good. It was real good. But... You know what? I don't even... <laughs> How many of those accounts were uh, uh, yours? That you have uh, made to follow yourself. How many bots? How many bots, Wyatt? Too many. <laughs> are, so are, are, it's are, all fake. Are those the bots that have been requesting to follow me for like the past two months? <laughs> Say, hi there, my name is Catalina. I am from Russia. Please please accept my, my follow request. No, Catalina. Never. But <laughs> if you do want some amazing, incredible pictures, you can find those at Evermore. Yeah, very much so. We've kind of talked about a couple different things. We talked about how we can have a lot of fun here. We've talked about the ticketing and how to get them, what actually does happen at Evermore. So my question is, how many times do you have to go? How many times is a good amount? Uh, What do you guys think? Well, there's a couple different ways that we could approach this, and it really comes down to, I think, two things. What you want to get out of Evermore, what your experience is with it, and two how much money you have to spend and trying to find the medium in between there, I think. I do not have a lot of money, and that is the truth. I'm a poor college person. That is, that's That's actually true. Truth for all four of us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But we went to Lore three times, or, or no, we went four times. We went to Lore four times, at least... Chandler and I went four times. We we went varying times. Dan, I know you only went once. Only the once. Yeah. And I and I went twice. So I guess let's start off with that with you guys then. Did you feel like that was enough or that you were missing? You know, for for my experience, I found that for me, what I was able to get out of one night of Evermore was sufficient to satiate a lot of the questions about what do I do here? What is Evermore? What's going on? It was sort of the introduction to it had i gone more i probably would have been able to learn more about what i was actually doing there rather than kind of running around like a chicken with my head cut off but i would say that a resource that is very that was helpful to me um having friends that were a part of it that went as well the online community that chatted about things their facebook group the evermore something or other community. I don't remember the exact name of it. It's got a really long name. It's got a long name. But I was able to go to those places and sort of fill in the gaps and go to you guys and fill in the gaps. So I I don't feel like I missed out on anything really in terms of story and experience. I just missed out on being able to put in what I learned for my first time at Evermore into practice. That's what I would say. And maybe my experience is the capitalization of your experience because I did get to go back a second Mm -hmm. time and implement all of the strategies and lessons and advice that you guys had been giving to both of us. So I I got the very beginning, uh, it was like opening week or the week after I got to go, 
And then I got to go the night before closing night. So it was like pre-finale night. Um, that was nice. I, I liked the bookends because I could get invested in the story. I could get invested in the characters all while learning how to do it. And then at the end, it's like, oh yeah, I remember these characters. Let me learn what has happened to them and then find their resolution. And that's kind of how it worked out for me. There could have been maybe a moment in the middle where I was more invested and knew more and, and all of my time in that last moment wasn't spent trying to figure out what had happened rather than just being in the moment and experiencing these final moments. But I, I, I didn't feel like my experience was hampered in any way because I didn't know what was going on because they were very forthcoming with the final moments. And then even during tableaus, when there was kind of a group performance, I could ask someone next to me, another world walker, and they were very freely with giving information. I didn't feel like I missed out, but it would have been nicer to maybe have gone in the middle or something like that. So if I can phrase the question then this way, did you want to have gone more or did you think that you went the right amount in lore with just the two times? I think I went the right amount with lore. Had I had, I had a little extra money lying around or just a Saturday that I wasn't doing something, I definitely would have gone. And I think that brings up an important thing kind of going off of the idea of like, what do you want to get out of it for why it too was sufficient for you guys? Three was sufficient for other people. They might've found that going just once was sufficient for those who are traveling in from out of state. Maybe once is the only time they're going to be able to get to go. So with that in mind, it's a lot about an in my mind, approaching, is it worth it? Is it enough? How do I get the most out of it? One, this podcast, because <laughs> we're telling you what to do and giving you ideas. Hey, hey guys. Shameless plug. Uh, and uh, two, I would say, if uh, as much as you can, I would say get engaged with the communities beforehand. The These people who are active on social media Figure out what they're doing. Talk to them about maybe some of the story that's out there right now. And I would say that if you're worried about getting enough out of it, I would say worry more about how much you're going to put into it to really like, to really capitalize on the experience. I would say you're going to get so much more out of anything if you put yourself into it. So get invested and you're going to find it way more worth it because you've given yourself to it. That was actually a huge fear of mine when we started this whole thing. When Evermore was created, I was like, how many times do you go? What is the right amount? Uh, Skylar and I went four times in lore. In my opinion, three would have been the perfect amount. Uh, I'm a poor college student. I don't have that much, but I was able to scrounge together three times worth for money and, and go. Uh, personally, I would have loved so much more than that. And we actually went a lot more during Aurora. And so the fear of mine was, would Evermore be able to give me enough for me to keep going back? What we found is, yes, it does have as much as you are willing to give it and, and probably more. And I think that's determined again, like both of you were saying, like Dan was saying, that it's what you want to put into it. Because of, for me, I love stories. I binge watch TV, movies, video games, and books. And I love all story aspects. So if one person is has a single conversation with another character, I want to know about that. Because for me, 
that adds to the story. But for some people, that's not necessarily important or something that they want to do. So yes, if I can, I want to go every week. Probably not every day. That would be a bit excessive in regards to trying to catch up with the, the story. I would know a lot and I feel just as myself that I wouldn't be able to come up with enough entertainment beyond their story to keep me engaged for every single day. But definitely once a week was really good because the stories changed by then in some way that I thought was meaningful. However, it's not that way for everyone. For me personally, I think I would recommend at the very least going at least twice to Evermore. The reason being the first time is you got to take it all in, figure out what's going on, how does Evermore work? Who are the characters? These are all the things that you're figuring out. And then the second time you're going, you're actually figuring out the story because you know who to go to and who to talk to about what's going on. And then I guess, yeah, three. Three would be the right amount, like yeah. you were saying. You go the third time and then you get to see the conclusion of everything that's yeah. happened. I 100% agree with that. That was my magic number there uh, that allowed me to enjoy it the most without spending tons of money but as i've said i personally want to go more so it kind of varies we have a couple different opinions here but i i think it works well you know anywhere from two to three i think is our kind of magic number there absolutely and for those people who two or three isn't an option just because maybe you're passing through utah you only have so much time i would say that just do some ever more networking Talk to your fellow world walkers that are there at the park. Get in, again, get engaged on the social media. Get engaged with us on our social media. We're just going to keep plugging that because we, we want to be a resource. Other people want to be resources to make sure that you're getting the experience that you paid for and that you would want to come back for, but maybe it's just not an option. And as sad as that is, we're here to help. And we're here to lift and give you some cool Evermore insights and tidbits and information. So if you want to get stuff that you feel like you haven't gotten while you're there, talk to us. My final question with this, is Evermore worth it? We talked to that tickets were about $20 to $25 a person. That pays for the entire chunk of time. The park has changed the hours of operation, so we're not exactly sure how many hours they will be open each season. However, it averages, I would say, about four to six hours. So that's $20 to $25 for that time where you're able to roam this world and, and talk to anyone and kind of enjoy it. Uh, so is it worth it? Is that money worth it, in your opinions? I guess to start off, I would say yes, it's worth it. I went four times to Lore, and I went almost every single week during Aurora, and I think it is definitely worth it to spend the money but again, it's what you can afford and what you can pay for. Right. So that determination is going to be ultimately up to you. But if you like story, if you like getting engaged, I say yes, it is worth it. In one word for me, I would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might all say I, yes. yes. Uh, but I, I guess here, here's just my one thought as I continue to think about the different types of listeners that we have and who you are listener you you may have a family you may have different circumstances maybe going one time two times with the family is pretty pricey if, if, if you're all going us here we only worry about our own tickets but if you're worried about getting four or five tickets maybe that spreads you a little bit thin on wherever else you need to spend so i would say yes absolutely it is worth it 
I would just continue to emphasize that it's about the experience you want, the time that you want to put into it. And if you feel like only once, only twice is sufficient for now, it's all good. It's all good. You have, again, all sorts of resources that can supplement the Evermore experience. And all sorts of ways to experience Evermore. Heck yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then my answer would be a yes to what Daniel said. I do think that it is very individual-based. I personally probably wouldn't enjoy going to Evermore four times. To me, that's a, it's a little much. Three is pretty good. Two is it, it accomplishes the thing that I'm looking for, is uh, beginning the story, end of the story. I, I know basically everything that I want or need to know. But when it comes to me, I think what it really comes down to is just opportunity cost. Like, what the heck am I going to do on a Saturday night anyways? play video games. How about I go outside for 20 bucks and enjoy an enriching, lovely world that is a live action video game, which is much better than what I'd be doing sitting on the couch for four hours anyways. Yeah, I do play video games for four hours. At least this way you get a workout in. Yeah, yeah. you're walking around, you're walking around, yeah. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm engaging in a social environment, which is fun for me. I do love talking to people. I do love getting that social experience. So for me, it's like, well, if I'm not doing anything else and the and the price tag is only $25, that's great with me. I'll go two to three times. Again, four and five are kind of pushing it for me. I feel like I've probably absorbed everything from that season within three sessions, but I could go, especially with you guys, right? Especially with the crew that you establish with that having more friends going makes it a lot more fun because they can bring different things to the table and get different things out of the uh, out of the characters. I would agree wholeheartedly with that, Wyatt. So I, I guess our definitive answer is if you are able and have the time, going three times per season is our recommendation. So now with, with all of this in mind, everything that we've talked about, the opportunities that you have at Evermore, is it worth it at Evermore? Just briefly talking, let's rather, I should say, let's briefly talk about the logistics of what you're going to be doing in Utah when you're here. Evermore's in Pleasant Grove, Utah. It's a small area. It's developing. There isn't loads and loads of stuff to do there, but there's loads of other things to do in Utah. So if you're looking to use Evermore as a part of your Utah experience, Experience. Let's just kind of talk a little bit about those sorts of things. Where should you be expecting to stay while you're in Utah to be able to get to Evermore? What else should you be doing? First of all, let's talk about how for the first time ever, something awesome has opened up in Utah. And actually, people want to come to Utah. <laughs> we know there's not a ton to do here. We do have one of the largest national parks. It's beautiful. But no one goes to that very often. It's beautiful, though. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Go to that. <laughs> Zion's National Park. Yeah. That's, uh, that's... Fi- there's actually five. There are, loads of, there are loads of them here. There are loads of them here. So if you like outdoor stuff, this is the place to be. Yeah, absolutely. And those are typically a little bit more on the free side or cheaper side. So if you can't afford to go to Evermore multiple days, maybe you could go to Evermore one day and then visit one of our national parks here in Utah. But now we finally have a national park for nerds. Evermore Park. <laughs> we, we, Daniel declared it here. National park for nerds. Do not disturb our land. Governments. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
and other than that, other than the national parks, there are there is Salt Lake City. Like it, it has life events and shows and music, especially during the summer. There are incredible live musical shows that are going on. Uh, open free concerts. Uh, there's also lots of museums and exhibitions that are also in Salt Lake. Um, can't go wrong with Salt Lake City. A note here: Pleasant Grove, Utah, is about an hour south of Salt Lake City. Yeah, they're with about traffic. Yeah, and with without traffic, you and ma- making good time, maybe breaking the law. Maybe maybe, 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 maybe like forty <laughs> minutes. <laughs> we do not condone speeding. We don't condone speeding, but when you're speeding, it's like forty minutes. <laughs> And if you wanted to maybe increase that travel time and maybe not go to Salt Lake, you could go a little bit uh, north and to the west and go to Park City, which was the 2002 Summer uh, Winter Olympics location. Lots of beautiful, beautiful scenery there. Good hiking and biking trails or snowing and skiing if you're coming in our winter months. Um, lots of hotels and resorts in that area as well. There's also a hotel literally across the street from Evermore. It is within walking distance. I believe it is the Hyatt. It is a Hyatt. H-Y-A-T-T. Not a Wyatt Hotel? Not a Wyatt Hotel. A Hyatt Hotel. We're going to... I'm going to talk to Hyatt, and we'll just come up with the, the Wyatt Hotel, because I'll good. own the company. That's... We'll change it to W, Wyatt Hotel. I think that's a good call. All y'all stay free. Oh, oh wonderful! Yeah, Yay! I, Thank I you. Appreciate you, the it. listener, you need to come talk to me. We'll work out something. But <laughs> these guys right here, you know, you all stay free. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and there, there are many Airbnb sites here mm-hmm. uh, locally that you can go and stay at. Wonderful places, great eating locales here in the northern area of Utah. Evermore Park is right off of a freeway exit. So you don't have to travel far in order to find a hotel or living space that's close by to Evermore. And if you write into us early enough before you go, maybe, just maybe, I can talk to my mom and you can sleep on our couch. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, just maybe. (laughs) I don't think our complex allows that, but we would if we could. But maybe I can talk to my mom, though. (laughs) And organize that. You can come to pizza night. Yay! Oh man! It's a sleepover! It's a sleepover! An Evermore sleepover! Evermore sleepover! I really want to do an Evermore lock-in. I I would love to do an Evermore lock-in. We just created this out of a out of a goof, out of a joke. We just created this thing that we really want. Please make it happen and never more lock in. I actually, I, I didn't realize how much I wanted that until right now. <laughs> Let's, yeah, I'm down for that. But like, hey, how long would the lock in be? Hey, hey, creators of Evermore, could you just lock us in there and just let us like all night uh, just party with the villagers and, you know, just everything? Slumber party with Seftus. Who wants to have a pillow fight with the executioner? <laughs> I do. I He's got, He's got every... blades in his pillow. <laughs> I, I I want to be on his team, though. Obviously. <laughs> I would love magic time, potion time with the witch coven in town just overnight, you know, with everyone in their little pajamas. And, so. and story times. Story times would be good. Uh, story time with Gudrun? Oh! <gasps> <Yes! laughs> I would love it so much. 
Oh my goodness. And then the lullaby by the dwarves. Oh my gosh. This is so good. This is turning great. (laughs) Can we just send this segment to the executives, please? We're going to write this email. (laughs) (laughs) We'll write this email. Oh, Oh, this is wonderful. Uh, We're... We are so happy that you folks listening, you particular listener, we're so happy that you listening, uh, probably just laughing through our ridiculous nerdiness, and we hope you get to join in with us as you experience evermore. Well, that is our show for today. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to get in contact with us, you can follow us on Instagram at World Talkers, or you can write in to us at worldtalkers.podcast at gmail.com. We are really looking forward to seeing your thoughts, your experiences with Evermore, questions you have about it. And as we're coming to the conclusion, we just want to do two real quick things. One, share with you some of the folks that left us five-star reviews on iTunes. So thank you, Shipley Land, The Nick His, and BeefyT117. All of you great usernames. Wonderful stuff. Thank you for the reviews. If you want to be cool like those three, go ahead and leave us a review. And Miranda wrote in with an Evermore experience that we just wanted to leave you all off with today. Miranda says, hey, just wanted to say how much I enjoyed your podcast. And if you're still interested in sharing a World Walker experience, I have one. I had actually been having a really rough week. I was exhausted in every sense and I was actually in a pretty poor mood when I walked through the portal. But on previous trips, I'd made friends with a couple of the carolers, specifically Charlotte and Ava. And I mentioned how down I was to Charlotte when I ran into her at the Burroughs. We chatted for a bit. And I thought that was that. But when I was on the way out, as the park was closing that night, I ran into her again with some of the other carolers. And she followed up, asking if I was doing any better. I honestly was. And she still asked if they could sing a song for me anyway. And not just for, but with. I got to sing Silent Night with them before the park closed. All because they knew I'd been feeling upset earlier in the night. I think that's what stands out to me about Evermore so much. No matter how many people they see go through the portal, they find a way to make everyone feel important. Anyway, thanks again for your podcast. I always look forward to the next episode. Have a great week. Thank you so much, Miranda, for your Evermore experience. We look forward to experiencing Evermore more with you and with all those that are listening. And with that, we'll see you beyond the portal. portal.